Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, your kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and more. You name it, and we chat about it. Well, today is April 28th, and as you know, if you've listened before, I catalog these podcasts by date. I've been doing this for four years, and everything is dated, so you can always go back to some of my old podcasts. Well, today we're going to talk about appliances. What are the trends in 2021? And our special guest is Steve Ertel. Steve has been in the appliance industry for 40 years. Time flies, right, Steve? Yes. <laughs> and right now you work with Spencer's Appliances, and they're in Arizona, as we are. So welcome, Steve, for joining me with this topic that I really will enjoy. Well, thank you. Good to be here and always good to be with you. As a kitchen designer, you know that my favorite, part of my favorite uh, work is specifying the appliances, and you're the perfect person for it. So, you know, the trends are all over the board. Um, we took notes. We talked about this before we air this, so we want to make sure we're on the same page. Yes. Um, I'm noticing, because, of course, I do appliances and specify them and explain to people what they, I, you know what, I don't tell them what they should have. I recommend them, but yes. they really have to make their own decision because appliances are based on your need, your um, lifestyle, and of course, the big one, your budget. Yes. So let's start out with what I think is one of the more popular appliances for this year is the steam oven. What do you think, Steve? The steam oven is a, is a great appliance to have. Uh, it's a situation where if someone has a steam oven, and learns to use it, they will use it every day, maybe twice a day. And they don't realize that right now. Uh, and it's hard to explain it to them possibly, but the steam oven is very valuable, uh, plus all the benefits you get from it, from uh, the speed, but also the health, uh, healthy cooking and healthy foods. Uh, the steam oven is a great invention, very popular in Europe. Uh, uh, the percentage of people who have steam ovens uh, in Europe is very high or much higher than it is multiples of what it is in the U.S., but it's growing, and people are beginning to get the idea that this is something I can use and need. Uh, I was going to say, it was the convection oven that people used to uh, say, well, well, what is that? Now that everybody's caught on to convection, now I'm getting the question, well, what can I do in the steam oven? And you know what the big question is? Can I warm up my coffee in my steam oven? Right. Can they? They can. Uh, it takes it takes longer than a microwave. Uh, it takes a little while, but you can actually do it. Uh, most people don't, but it's it's doable. Uh, one of the favorite things that, of course, I don't really do a lot of baking because I don't have time. But one of the favorite things is um, baking bread in a steam oven. I tell you what, um, if you go to a bakery, a nice bakery where you see these big, round, beautiful loaves and they're all shiny and you know that some special chef, uh, a pastry chef did that. Those are all done in steam ovens. And the, are you kidding? But that's really the truth. Uh, I've known chefs who have been in this business and they live and die with a steam oven on the big, beautiful, natural breads that they bake. Yeah. 
Um, I can't say enough about steam ovens. I recommend them all the time. And we could probably do a whole podcast. Well, actually, I did a podcast with Jan Mahan a couple of months ago on the steam oven. So if you're interested, you guys listening to this in the steam oven, and I think if you're going to remodel, you definitely should uh, include a steam oven. Go back to the older podcasts and um, listen to Jan. She'll explain how to use it and what you can do with it. So that was interesting. Let me let me add something on the steam oven. Okay. Uh, I I have done uh, steam oven demonstrations at the Spencer's Scottsdale store every Saturday. It's been a while because pandemic shut all that down. But for a year and a half, we were there every Saturday cooking, and most of that was in the steam oven. Uh, we did, I mean, the the pork tenderloins, the bread, uh, the cookies. I would do a slab, not just pieces. I would do a slab of wild caught salmon. Uh, every Saturday. Uh, I've got pictures. I should send them to you, Nancy. Um, Never mind. But, Invite me to the next cooking. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that. But uh, we, we did um, numerous uh, full meals on in the steam oven, and it came out. Uh, it, it was stunning. It was. I was very proud of myself, and I'm a, I'm a Kraft macaroni and cheese guy. So for me to be able to use the, uh, the steam oven and produce something that was you could take to the table for your friends and family uh, is, is something, something else. Well, now that you work with Spencer's, we can talk about all of the uh, manufacturers. So there are some steam ovens that are smaller than a single wall oven. Yes. So for the most part, people always say, but that's so small. How can I use that to do my my dinners? But um, explain the size of it and how they can do um, multi-items at one time. Well, uh, as far as the size, I've done turkeys many times in a steam oven. Uh, You can do up to, in the small ones that you're talking about, you can do up to a 15. I've done a 15-pound butterball uh, in a steam oven uh, more than once, and they come out. They're they're great, and they're done in 90 minutes, uh, maybe less, and they're done better than they would come out in in their regular oven at home on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, In the new steam ovens that are the larger size, you can do a 22-pound bird in there. I think, you know, it's an education thing. If more people would understand how the steam oven works, they would probably choose that over a regular uh, single oven thermal unit. Could I explain why uh, one thing that helps the steam oven and and would be valuable to your customer? Um, Just for your customer, the the steam, when you cook something in a regular oven, all the moisture pours out of it. And that in that pan down below that catches the moisture, that's your flavor and your nutrition. In a steam oven, it is surrounded by a cloud of steam, which means the the good stuff on the inside of the meat, on the inside of the bird, doesn't come out. It stays in, which means you have more flavor, more moisture, and it's something that that, that tastes better, and you're, you're proud to take that to the table. Sounds good to me. Well, on that note, the last um, steam oven that I specified was a Thermador. So we're going to talk about Thermador right now because I'm proud to announce that they are one of my sponsors. Thermador now offers two distinct collections, the Masterpiece Collection, and that's a modern design for every kitchen, while the Professional Collection is a professional-grade design where you can experience restaurant-style quality in your home. Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design, and led by innovation. So if you want to learn more about Thermador, very simply go to thermador.com. 
So now we're going to go to refrigerators. Uh, of course, it's trending as a popular item because what kitchen doesn't have a refrigerator? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> but what's yeah. new in, in the world of refrigerators for 2021? The, uh, the the stainless steel, of course, is still the big uh, the big color. <clears throat> the uh, well, you, you just you just jumped up to my number seven. I was going to use that as what color is popular. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, but also a, a, fa- a factor in uh, refrigerators uh, is the fingerprint uh, resistant. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, cleaning stainless steel is not hard. It's it's you know a, a cloth, a, a real fabric cloth and dishwashing detergent makes it easy to clean. Uh, so it's, it's not as big a bugaboo as people think it is. Uh, but fingerprint resistant is available on almost in by every manufacturer now on, uh, more than half of what they make. So that the fingerprint thing is going by the wayside and you just don't see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think now that we mentioned stainless steel, that to me is the most popular. And yeah. when you think about it, the most popular color in kitchens still is the shaker white cabinet. So you have three choices. Well, you have a couple more choices than that, but stainless steel seems to be the finish of choice. And then if you want a hard contrast, go with the black. And if you want to just have your appliances blend into your cabinetry, Yes, you can get white appliances, but Steve mentioned the problem with the white appliances. Well, white appliances and black appliances are approximately 5%, maybe as high as 10% of all appliances purchased, which means they don't make as many, which means they don't put a priority on it, which means they're sometimes hard to get. And you add the pandemic into that, and it can be a real challenge. So the choice then would be stainless steel if you want to uh, have your kitchen done before Christmas. <laughs> so maybe uh, pretty close. Yeah. So stainless steel to me is um, probably the best one to choose, and will never ever ever go out of style. Even though I've read some comments about people saying, "Oh, stainless steel is out. Oh, now brass is in," and of course. Um, you could mix metals, and I've talked about this before. You can have a brass trim on your appliance. You can still have a stainless steel refrigerator. And obviously, your plumbing fixtures are most likely going to be satin nickel or polished chrome. So don't worry about matching everything all in the same finish. You could mix and match them. And don't forget your light fixtures, too. You can have a finish on there that doesn't particularly match everything. Well, that's true. Uh, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, uh, when I work with customers, uh, they come in most of the time saying, well, what you and I are fixing to discuss, I want stainless steel. They just say it up front, and that's where we go. Yeah, that's they're very smart. Um, another thing that may or may not be popular, but my list says it is, is glass doors on refrigerators. I know that the advantage to that, especially if you have little kids, is that they don't have to stand there with the door open wondering what they can eat. They can just look through the glass. Yes. Good advantage. And that saves electricity, and it also keeps the temperature constant in your refrigerator. So if you have little kids, and of course, they have to be tall enough to see through the glass. Uh, that might be an option, uh, right? It, it is. Uh, and also, to be honest with you, that's a good reason for people to choose glass. Another reason is it looks pretty. Uh, you know, it's, 
Uh, they're darkened glass. Uh, you can get a clear, but usually it's darkened glass, so it, it you know it, it does. You have to be don't have to be worried about the inside of your refrigerator looking crummy. Uh, it, it's just a really nice look. So because when you have a glass door like that, it gives you the ability to turn the light on in the refrigerator with the door closed, and okay. it is a nice nice look. But okay, there's a, a downside to that. You have to be neat. You can't. Ju- you have to organize your refrigerator, right? Not really, because uh, we're not. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to put the, uh, uh, the the leftover container of uh, of chicken wherever we put it. Uh, but it, it, with the, with the smoke glass and the light behind it, it, it's just a pretty look. And to be honest with you, when when people are picking that, yes, yes, it could be messy. But what they're thinking in their mind when they're picking it, selecting it, is that it's pretty and it's cool. Uh, and people pick those things, choose those things, and pay more for that. Well, it also goes into the institutional or commercial kitchen look. Yes, absolutely. You know? So yeah. a lot of people like that. Oh, it looks like I have a restaurant in my house. Yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, our next... Um, um, reason why they're saying that appliances or what appliances are popular for 2021 would be the idea of Bluetooth syncing your appliances with your cloud or whatever. What do you think about that? Are people walking in saying, oh, I have to have my appliances connected to my phone or to whatever? No. Uh, The factories think they are. Uh, There are probably um, 5% of the population that is so tech uh, oriented, that they they want everything to be absolutely efficient and connected. Uh, truth is, uh, the factories have told us uh, one factory in particular that makes a very popular name that has put millions of dollars into their Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for uh, controllability by your iPhone. Uh, they have told us that, that to back off of that a little bit and not push it so much because people aren't that interested. Uh, the, the small percentage is, uh, are interested, but, you, but you've got 80 or 90% of the people who kind of don't care. And, uh, the, you'll have people say, people say on the floor, Oh, wow. Look, it's Bluetooth control, Bluetooth controllable. And the other partner in the, in the marriage is going, do we really want that? Do we really care? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's there. It's a great thing. Is it popular yet? No. I agree. And, you know, I don't get the thrill of saying, Alexa, turn my oven on. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a good thing if you have uh, some challenges, whether maybe it's hard for you to see the controls or if you're in a wheelchair um, or if you're lazy. Right. Or um, if you're busy doing something and you forgot to turn the oven on, well, shame on you. But I think... The millenniums, uh, the people who like gadgets are more into that. I oh, think absolutely. The major- yeah, the majority of people, maybe uh, the 40s, 50s, 60s, especially 60s, 70s, they're not into that. They just want to be able to use, maybe they ventured into a steam oven and they want to be able to use it. They don't uh, want to have to hassle with uh, Alexa and Bluetooth and everything else. Well, that's, that's just my great. opinion. The people who use tech stuff, they will use it that way. But uh, I had a customer yesterday, uh, and when I told the couple they were in their 40s, uh, I said, where you really use this is you're at work. 
and you're talking to your husband or he's talking, he calls you and you guys are talking about dinner and everybody had to work late. So you think, you know what, why don't we have, you know, let's, let's work on the roaster, heat on heat up the roast or whatever. Um, you can start, you can preheat your oven as you're leaving the office, not on, not at home with Alexa. You can start the oven as you're leaving in the car. And by the time you get home, it's preheated and you just put it in the oven and go. Uh, that that's how it's being used. You're at the store and you find a great deal on, on pot roast is on sale because the store has to move a lot of them. They're overstocked. Um, what you can do is tell your refrigerator uh, freezer, turn the freezer down so it can start drawing the free, freezer down by the time you get home. Cause you know, you put a lot of uh, new stuff in a freezer or refrigerator it's going to draw the heck out of the compressor and make it hard on it. And make it harder to hold temperature. But uh, if you take um, unfrozen uh, roast and put it in the freezer uh, to pull that down to cold enough to freeze it, it's going to take a while. So you can tell your your freezer to turn down by three or four degrees or more uh, before you get home. So it'll be colder when you get there. But the lady said to me, yeah, I understand. I'll never do that. So, I, you know what? I agree with her. Now, can you imagine going shopping? You've got two kids. You got to figure out what aisle they're hanging out in. Yep. Then you have to pay. You have to pay it. You have to put it in the car, and you have to think. Oh, wait a minute! I got to turn my refrigerator down. And the other thing is, if you're going to preheat your oven while you're in the car, really, Steve, how long does it take to preheat an oven? About ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, if they don't have 10 minutes, they can get home and turn the oven on and then they can unpack their groceries. Come on. I agree. Now, there is one thing to consider that techie group. Uh, for example, I, I'm thinking of someone in particular. They do everything with the technical uh, uh, thought in mind. If they can do something regular like you and I or they can do it with Alexa or do it uh, on their phone, they will always opt to that even if it takes longer, because they're trying to train themselves to do everything the most efficient, what they call the most efficient way. Uh, so there are folks like that, but the percentage of those, it's not high. And the vast majority are people like you and me. They're going, I, I can preheat it when I get home. Yeah, so when those, um, I guess those 20 and 30-year-olds, when they get to be 60 and 70, everybody younger than them will all automatically be geared into having everything controlled with Bluetooth, their phone, whatever. That's but correct. we're not there yet. So no, and that's to... the point. That's the point. We're not there <laughs> yeah. yet. Right. Okay. What about getting rid of the knobs on appliances? Um, my list here that says that that's going to be popular in 2021, are you seeing a lot of uh, touch appliances where they can control with a touch rather than the knobs? Actually, uh I would have to guess that the percentage is 90% touch. Um, the, here's the challenge. Uh, there are certain people who want knobs. Now there are so few of them made. When I said 90%, it may be 95. It may be 98. Uh, the You're number, kidding. Oh, yeah, no. Um, the, uh, here's the electronics are, are so mass produced that it's more expensive to make knobs than it is to make electronics. I would have uh, never thought that. I am either. But, uh, for example, you, you have, you know, 2% of your merchandise, let's say 10, 10% of your merchandise, it has knobs uh, on electronic type things, not a washer and dryer, of course, but um, uh, on cooking things in the kitchen. Uh, you're making 90% or more 
electronic, you've kind of got to change tracks to make something with knobs on it. It costs you more to do that as a manufacturer. Uh, they kind of want knobs to go away, period, mm-hmm. so they don't have to fool with it. Well, I know. Let's let's talk about dishwashers. Yes. I don't remember the last time I saw a dishwasher with knobs because the new thing was having the controls on the top of the door and yes. then everything would look sleek. Yeah. Um, so do they make dishwashers with knobs? Uh, the builder model of Whirlpool, GE, and some of the others that have a knob that have a decibel level of about 85 that you can hear <laughs> next door. Uh, yeah, those have knobs. Uh, we have people every day who come in and say, my dishwasher is one of those old ones that has a knob on it. Uh, and, you know, they can they, they can hear it down the hall. Uh, and they can't watch TV. They have to turn the TV up. That's exactly. a quote from yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, knobs are on dishwasher. They're gone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Monogram. That's my other sponsor. Yes. Monogram introduced the simple elegance of the minimalist collection, streamlining even the most contemporary kitchen with flush installation and only the essential hardware. Talk about knobs going away. The monogram statement collection brings modern design together with traditional uh, kitchen appliance features. Restaurant again, inspired features invite you to take on any cooking aspiration while the smart appliance effortlessly syncs your kitchen with your life. At Monogram, it's just one de- it's not just one detail, it's many. When you put them all together, you create appliances that look, feel, and perform as if they were designed perfectly for you. So if you want to learn more about Monogram, simply go to monogram.com. Did you have a funny story about Monogram? I do. I do. This happened to me. Let's have at it. This happened to me two weeks ago. I was on the floor. We had a package sold of another brand, full high-end package, about $25,000, $30,000. It was finished. And the lady of the couple walked over and opened the Monogram column, the refrigerator side of the column. And she said, cancel the refrigerators on that order. I want these. The monogram columns are stunning. Uh, they they outclass anything else. I love all the brands. I sell them all. Uh, but the new monogram columns have a look that is just different. It's it's just, um, it is really stunning and a beautiful look. And she, listen, she gave up a $2,000 benefit for getting a whole package together of that other brand. $2,000 said, I don't care. I want these columns. Well, Steve, do those columns come with glass doors? Because if the inside is so beautiful, you sure want to show everybody. Well, no, they don't. (laughs) So you just have to, when your company comes in, you just open up your refrigerator and say, hey, everybody, look. Well, when you're showing off your new appliances after your remodel or the new house, you know, you're going to go open everything anyway. Yeah. So you can open it up and and just say, hey, look at here. And they, they just love it. So for those interested in what the inside of those columns look like, I don't know if you can go on the website and if you'll see the interior of the columns. I'm but sure you surely, can. I'm yeah. sure you can, yeah. Or if you're interested in touching and feeling, go to your favorite appliance store that carries Monogram. Yes. And you can go on their website to find out what the location of that store is. Absolutely. Well, we talked about white uh, white appliances, and they're saying that it's going to be very popular. But I guess as a caveat, if you decide to get white appliances, you better put your order in now, 
even if you're not going to remodel for six months, right, Steve? That's correct. Um, During the pandemic, what has happened is factory production is down by 30 to 50% in every factory in America and in other other countries, Europe, China. Uh, Production is down, business is up. What, what companies have to do is they have to eliminate numbers, that, models that they're making to be able to make enough of the ones that they're selling. And the, they're doing it just on the numbers. Like, what do we make the most of? What do we make the least of? And the ones that get carved out at this point are white and black. Mm. And uh, so if you want something in white, you can put together a package in white. That's an alarm. I'm sorry. Uh, That's but, okay. Uh, the, Does that uh, mean we have to stop talking? Uh, no, no, no. That means uh, that that's just reminding me to do something soon. Okay. I, I forgot about that. Sorry. Um, but the, um, the the white appliances are going to be on the longer list for getting, uh, be getting a receiving date. So what is the typical lead time for a stainless steel? Well, it depends on the, the merchandise you pick. Part of the challenge is being of a sales, being a salesperson nowadays is steering your customer with their permission to what you can get. And we tell people every time, we're going to put together this package. Yes, ma'am, we're going to do that. Well, we have to, when are you going to need it? And we need to pick things that are going to be uh, available at the time you need and when you finish your kitchen. And if you want to just buy a new refrigerator or a new range, getting one that you can have in a week and not one that's going to be six months. So So they might have to settle. Uh, they may have to settle, and we try to make sure they settle for something equal, but they may have to settle. So when you talk about packages, I know what you're talking about, but um, let's explain that a lot of the manufacturers offer special pricing if you get a certain number of items from the same manufacturer, yes, correct? absolutely. So in that case, did you have you put together packages where the lead time is equal, equally the same in all of those particular products? Or do you have a package like, okay, everything is going to come in in four months, except this one piece of your package is going to be six months? Or typically, is the lead time equally the same? It's never the same. Uh, 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 You put together a package now, and let's say you put together five pieces. Uh, you're probably going to have three different lead times on those pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one customer who put together a full package uh, of a good good name brand. He said, I want everything together. And I said, sir, when you get the pieces that you can get, uh, you better take them because if you don't, somebody's going to take them from you and they'll give it to another customer. I want everything together. We're, we're going to do that, but that's going to that's gonna be a challenge. If someone puts together a package now, Having them all ready at the same time is unlikely. So what is the forecast for getting back to, I'm going to say normal, but is there ever a normal? Right. Uh, You know, are they expecting maybe in uh, 2022 things are starting to even out and the lead time will catch up or what? We hope. uh, We hope 2022. It's not going to change for this year. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, It takes a while for factories to crank up, you know, to, they're, they're big. So it takes a while for them to change directions. Um, but 2022, we hope we, we positively think that it really is going to change and get more back to normal where you order things and, you know, you sell something, you can get it, even if it's a little delay. Um, we, we can't see any reason why it wouldn't be okay in 2022, but, uh, we didn't think we would be out of whack this long now. So 
we're just to be honest with you, we're guessing. Yeah, right. Um, I have one last question, and it's the sous vide. And I've noticed that some of the manufacturers, at least one in particular that I know of, has included the sous vide in their freestanding range. Um, I think they're still making it, but what is the popularity for sous vide? And explain what it is before you tell me the popularity, because maybe some people are listening and they don't know what I'm talking about. Well, most of them don't because I barely know. (laughs) <laughs> um, I've had training on sous vide uh, at, at factories. Sous vide is being able to cook a piece of merchandise or a, a piece of food, a food product, to the exact moisture and temperature. When you say sous vide, the first thing that comes to mind to someone who is a chef is something that is exactly 123.5 degrees. I mean, it is exact. And you can do that with some of the appliances today. Have I had anybody ask for it? Nope. Uh, do I expect to anytime soon? Nope. Uh, someone who's really into a high-end kitchen and really into gourmet stuff, someone who wants the best of everything, whether they're going to use it or not. Yeah, good point. We'll ask for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't think it's going to catch on because you really have to concentrate on what you're doing. You have to be the gourmet chef. Well, or maybe you're doing it just to impress your company. Well, you don't but, have to impress your company for sure. And the, the quality of the food that we're talking about, I mean, it's really great. I mean, yeah. when you do something like this, it's it's wonderful product that you that you love sharing with your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, and the machine does it for you. Uh, it, it's not you don't have to kind of mother uh, hover over it. It uh, uh, it'll do it for you and let you know when it's done. But the demand for that is not there yet. And what do you think? Is it lack of education or just something else that they have to deal with and they'd rather not? Something else you have to deal with or not rather not. Believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, I think we've covered just about every popular appliance for 2021. Do you have anything else to add that I missed? No, I think it's uh, this is an informative show and and uh, and I appreciate all the information. It's, it's just the appliances are fun because they're always changing. Uh, and I appreciate uh, what you're doing as far as updating everyone who is looking at remodeling uh, and looking at uh, putting appliances in a new home. Well, let's face it. You can remodel a kitchen, but you can't do without the appliances. They're the core um, item. Actually, I tell people, if you're going to remodel your kitchen, the first thing I need is the appliance sizes. So I push them to go shopping. Even if they're on the fence about the brand, at least they have to decide, am I going to go for the 48-inch freestanding range that's in the area of uh, twelve to 15,000, or am I going to go with a 30-inch because I don't do a lot of cooking? So it's really up to you guys to decide your lifestyle, the space that you have in the kitchen, and also your budget. Because we can't help you with your budget, right? That's exactly right. I'll be honest with you. I had a conversation one minute before I called you to get this uh, uh, conversation going uh, about the size. They're doing a remodel, and they were, were concerned with the size on things in the kitchen. And I was giving them some guidance. So that is a critical factor. I have a friend who did his kitchen over, and he said, what do you think about a 48-inch? And I said, well, be realistic. Stand back in your kitchen. Where are you going to put it? I said, if you put it on this wall where you have your stove now, you're not going to have any prep space. Oh yeah. I didn't think of that. So always think, picture yourself in the kitchen and think number one, do you want to 
put $15,000 into a cooking unit that maybe you're not going to use a lot. So think of your lifestyle. If you're not a big cook, don't buy these things just to impress your friends because they're pricey. Good, but pricey, right? Exactly. Good, well-made, but pricey. <laughs> yeah. Steve, right. I want to thank you for giving me your time today. You're, you're just uh, so great at asking questions and getting the answers that I need. Well, you know everything about appliances. I think those 40 years really paid off, right? Well, some of it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so good at this. Anyway, thank you again. And I hope, you. Uh, I hope we have you back. In the meantime, I hope everybody enjoyed this show. This show was very informative. Be sure to subscribe and rate it. And you can listen on 28 platforms. So pick the one that you usually listen to your podcasts on and do what you got to do. Comment. And don't forget to share them with your friends. Why would you keep this a secret? We have so much information on all of our podcasts, so if you share them with your friends, then you can talk about it. So if you're going to remodel your kitchen, for instance, and you decide on appliances, you can at least ask a friend what they think. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Steve about appliances, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And one last item. I do a second podcast weekly. It's called Hugo Floss. I do this podcast with my nerdy son and we talk about everything and anything except design. So if you want to listen to that, we're on several uh, platforms as well. So it's Hugo Floss. I want you all to stay safe. I want you to have a great day. And I certainly want you to listen to the next podcast because we talk about everything that is important to you and your home. So again, have a great day. Thank you.